Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Tennis with an Accent. I'm Saqib and today I'm joined by former world number two and 98 Australian Open champion Peter Koda. Uh, please enjoy uh, his brief time with us. Thanks. So let's get started. Tell us what are you doing these days? Uh, how removed are you from tennis? Are you coaching? What are you up to? Uh, I am uh, living in, in, right now in, uh, in the States. Not right now, but in the last uh, 10 plus years. I have three kids. I have two daughters. They are both of them on LPGA. The oldest one, you know, she won four times on LPGA. She, I think she's, you know, I think she's starting seventh year. And I have a rookie, which is uh, which is Nelly. She is 18 years old, and it will be her rookie season. She qualified from Symmetra. So that's my mm-hmm. girls. And I have uh, son Sebastian, and which uh, he played hockey, ice hockey, until he was 10 years old. And uh, from one day to another day, you know, he said he wants to be a tennis player. So he's, right now it's a kind of upcoming player. Uh, he's 16 years old, and he won. Uh, he qualified this week at the, at the Western ITF 15,000 future, and won his first round today. So, you know, quite happy. But like I said, I have I have two girls. It's with Jessica. With she, she is well known. You know, she was with me while I was still playing. Then it's Nelly, which is she's 18, and I have Sebastian and son. Regarding the coaches, uh, when I uh, when I retired 14 years uh, no when I retired I was approached by a couple of people but uh, then you know I started working with uh, Radek Stepanek I took him from 850 in the world to nearly to top 10 I stay with him for nearly 13 years 14 years uh, and I resigned my position. Uh, end of 2014 because I wanted last year, you know, to concentrate, uh, sorry, 2015, that 2016, I needed to fully commit, you know, to Nelly because she was uh, playing the Symmetra Tour. So because also she was underage that um, she required someone to travel with her. So I was traveling mainly with her. Okay. So how different is a mindset? I know you're a tennis player, tennis champion. What does uh, that bring you? Uh, or what, what values you bring on the golf uh, tour for your daughter? Uh, how, how much of a challenge and what differences are there? I mean, the, it's a, I, I don't know what I can bring or how, what I'm bringing. Uh, but I think I'm, my wife and I, you know, we're doing probably a good job because, you know, out of three kids we have, you know, they they... They got the passion for the sport from us, obviously, and it's an individual sport. So you can teach them, you know, to, I think that's, uh, they have a, they have a same steps of, uh, of, uh, of succeeding or failing. And, um, you know, I, I, and I'm trying, you know, to help them through my, my experience and my, my wife experience, you know, to, to cut those corners, you know, to make them fail as less as they can. And, you know, I know the, Failing is important, but you know, and succeeding, and it's it's been working. It's it's fun. It's it's different. It's more challenging. It's easier to be the tennis player, to be honest. Absolutely. And but um, you know, I love. Uh, I don't want to say my job, but I love what I'm doing. It's it's very. It's uh, 
it's awarding. You know, I can see her 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 smile, and I can see them cry. So you know, it's it's been fun. It's I think it's uh it's uh what I believe it's all uh, what is life. It's all all about. You know, to 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 passing the those information I learn. You know, to my uh, to my kids. Absolutely, I'm a father myself. I mean, I have a only four year old, but yeah, I could relate. Enjoy that, you know. When it, when the kids are small, there's a small problem. The older they get, more <laughs> you have, you know. Less hair you get. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know, words of wisdom. So, how about your son? I mean, I was going to talk about him later, but let, since we're talking about your girls, uh, uh, what is, uh, is has he modeled your game, uh, his game around you? Does he have a one hand backhand? Uh, you know, you you touch a very very uh, touchy subject. You know, I don't like to talk to my kids. You know, since you know you brought up, you know, I had to introduce them. You know, so that was easier. Um, you know, I think he has a all weapons. He understands the game. He loves the game. And what I what I like, he studies the game. And you know, the I never want my kids play tennis. You know, because it's always kids trying to be better than parents and. Mm. To succeed, you know, in in our family, it's difficult. My wife was top twenty five in the world. I reached number two. I won one on one major singles, one major double. So, you know, for him to succeed, it's a, it was it's difficult for our kids. So, you know, I wanted you know them you know to explore some other sports, but you know, he really got my attention. You know, to many. I think it's like. Six years ago, he came up to me and said, hey, Dad, do you know who won the first U.S. Open? And I was like, yo, you know, that's 1800. <laughs> so I was trying, you know, like, kind of come up with some very smart answer. But he said, no, Dad, it was 1968. I said, no, that's not true. He said, no, it's 1968 because it was oh. Arthur Ashe before it was U.S. National Championship. So I kind of like, how oh, I like that because, you know, I'm true believer, you know, to to learn about the history because the these days I see not many kids they they know about the game and, and about the past and I think it's very important to know about the past who was those true champions you know before and you know how the game developed and evolved and so you know I was pretty pleased with that that's good I mean yeah you have to be an astute student of the game uh, if you want to succeed so that's that's good to know so yeah, let's uh, take our audience and even you back some memory lane. I, I, you know, my tennis days. I remember you playing the French Open final against Jim Courier in '92, uh, and then uh, we all know that you won the Aussie Open over Marcelo Rios in '98. Mm-hmm. So what was your transition as a player? What took so long, in your opinion? Why? I mean, I know tennis is not easy, but it took you six years to come back to a major final. So what changed in your game, or what? How it evolved during that phase? Right. From the- I mean, uh, the thing is, you know, they, they, I missed, let's say, uh, re- coach, you know, which could work, you know, when I was 18, 19. I had a great coach, Vladimir Zednik, in the, in the time, but it was just simple, playing tennis, nothing else. And as a tennis player, you know, just you, you need to just not just develop on the court, but you need to also develop outside of the court. And uh, when I split with uh, Zednik, uh, in 95, 94, I started working for two years with Tony Picard, and that was the major breakthrough in my, uh, I don't want to say in my brain, but in my preparation and just overall overall picture in the tennis. 
and he introduced me, you know, there is some other ways, you know, and how to prepare, uh, how to kind of relax. So, so this is, if I regret something in a game of tennis, I wish, you know, I could have a Tony, you know, when I was 18, you know, but, uh, I'm very happy, you know, he went, he, uh, he run through my life in, uh, in, uh, in a later stage. So, you know, he kind of make me realize, you know, how I, how I should prepare because, when uh, when I was younger, you know, sometimes I came to the slam, you know, to prepare, not prepare. And, you know, he kind of teach me how to have that right balance, you know, and uh, when to prepare. Since being working together, you know, like there's a, there was really steady progress, you know, especially the later stage of my career, you know, how I was, you know, getting better and better and, you know, more consistent, you know. So this is after he parted with Edberg, I believe, right? Because he was also coaching That's Edberg for a while. Yes. Okay. All right. So other, um, you know, besides the scissor kick celebration and the backhand, uh, my memory as a fan also extends to the f- four five setters I believe you played against Sampras. And being a Boris Becker fan, I was always rooting for someone to beat Pete Sampras. And you did that a few times. I mean, in 97, you had back-to-back matches at Wimbledon, you lost, and then you beat him a fifth set breaker. Uh, he was the iconic player of that generation. Why do you think you troubled him so much and not Becker? Uh, uh, how did... I, the game matched up so well against Pete. I, I practiced with Pete quite a bit, you know, in uh, in uh, early nineties at the at the Bolletier Academy in the time in Bradenton, and I just I don't want to say I could read his serve, but I I was never intimidated by his serve, and and uh, you know, and I could even you know when he beat me, our matches went to the distance. You know, we we always had. Uh, Really tough matches. Uh, I don't know if we if we swept me out of the court, but you know I believe you know we had long matches. Uh, I remember you know my most memorable match. Obviously, you know everybody talks you know how I beat him at the U.S. Open in ninety uh, ninety seven. But I think the most most memorable was when I played Grand Compact Grand Slam Cup in ninety yeah, in Germany in ninety three because that was a very Strange, to- not strange tournament. It was like special tournament for myself because uh, the Friday I beat Bruguera in three sets. I, I, we played close to three hours, and Saturday, you know, I I, I beat Pete thirteen eleven in the fifth, and uh, yep. and you know we and Pete was cramping, and I was I was already getting cramps in my legs, and I I, I mean I was happy I, I I finished, and the next day I beat Michael Stich nine uh, I believe eleven and nine in the fifth. And I know this is kind of off state. I know that the Czech betting company, they probably won the most money because everybody bet against me because they thought, you know, I'm, I was dead after Sampras, so I would not be able to walk, but I won, won this match. But going back to Pete, I could read his serve. I, I, I loved his game. So, you know, kind of fits, not fits me nicely, but I could. But same like uh, Agassi, you know, I think he, both of us, we... I think he struggled most to, you know, us returning, you know, and, you know, we could pass him and be unpredictable, probably. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you also have a great winning record, I think, Edberg and even Lendl. What's your relation with Lendl? Was he someone you looked up to growing up? I I know Ivan since I was seven years old. I ball boy for him. So, you know, I was never into the, uh, you know, when Ivan had the always strange humor and I can't. He, they, uh, there were stories, you know, he beats, he was beating opponents already in the locker room. 
but I never had any problems with him because I was not intimidated by him. And um, you know, uh, first match I I, I beat him, and uh, I only lost to him once when my coach Zednik made me play with the with the flu, and I won the first set, and I was up a, up a break in the second, and just ran out of the steam. That was the only time he beat me, and I beat him, I believe, five times. I have a big respect to Ivan. Uh, 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 obviously, you know, both of us coming from the same country. Um, he was uh, instrumental, uh, you know, for my move to to uh, to find a place in Florida and practice because uh, I came up for him. I came up to him to ask him for some advice, you know, uh, for you know how I could improve and you know get to the, another level. So he helped me out with that, and uh, you know, and now we 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 kind of we still talk together once in a while, and um, and uh, right now Ivan, it's a one of his uh, I don't want to call the job, but he's overlooking the, gr- the juniors group for USTA, and my son being selected. So so once in a while we speak, and when Sebi Sebi is. Uh, visiting Ivan and they have a training camp so I kind of interact with Ivan. Okay, that's good to know. So, yeah, let's segue and maybe compare the few eras because a lot of people today talk about how tennis has changed and the big four dominate and me and my friends always have this back and forth. I am of the view the generation of, you know, the your generation of Sampras, Agassi, Becker, Krychek, you guys were as good too, but it's just I think we have 32 seeds. Back then, we used to have 16 seeds. Uh, you think that's a big difference? Why we don't see many upsets today? Uh, I, to be honest, uh, I mean, obviously, right now we are in the end of the Australian Open, and as you can see, suddenly, you know, uh, Austra- Australian Open they brought very speedy courts this year, and look how many upsets they have. Yeah, I think you know if I compare them. Uh, our time when we played the Wimbledon on grass, I mean, you couldn't play from the, I mean, just the pictures, you know, if, if yeah. you look in the 90s, the court, it's a service, a service, and then, you know, everything towards to the net, you know, and right now everybody's playing back of the, courts are, for me, much slightly slower, probably slower, balls are slow, heavier, uh, equipment is different. Uh, are they better physically? Probably, yes, they are. But I believe, you know, we had the better technique and, you know, we, what I think what the people, they, they uh, loved uh, and, you know, maybe they talk. Look, you know, you had, let's say, uh, out of top 10, you had 10 players with five guys, you know, they played the surf and volley. You had, let's say, Becker, Edberg, Sampras, Stig, uh, Ivanice. Well, I mean, like, I'm just naming. But yeah. all of them, they play, let's say, surf and volley, but with a different style. Then you had the guys, they played the back of the court. Let's say it was Agassi, Chang, uh, Courier, myself, and, um, you know. But we, all of them, we play from the back of the court, but we, we played completely differently. Right, right now, you know, the style, it's very similar. So, you know, it's, that's what I, I mean, I'm a very big, big fan of, of Roger because, you know, he's, he's right now mixing more what I call the old style with the new style. He's coming in and... And I and it's it's very it was uh, very nice to see you know when he hit his serve you know especially 
when he played the guy like a uh, like a uh, Burdick and uh, you know the other when he hits the wide serve the, because the ball instead of bouncing high you know is slightly skidding and suddenly you know he's taking advantage and's coming to, uh, and he's coming to the net which I li- which I like but you know I love the what I call the big four you know uh, Nadal Nadal uh, Federer uh, Murray and and Djokovic you know it's fun to fun to, fun to watch there but I wish you know there would be more more game style at the and the tennis you know more guys would be coming in you know a little bit differently you know but uh, you know but it's still it's nice to watch okay so when you were traveling with Radek Stepanek uh, have the conditions I mean as fans we hear only and we read about this in newspapers and uh, internet so have the conditions slowed down all over the tour or are there still some faster courts out there where it's I didn't attacking I didn't, still travel, I didn't travel with Radek you know I did uh, I okay. I called the dirty work you know I was like a horse trainer preparing him in the stable and <laughs> letting him you know letting him you know run uh, run on the tournaments with some of uh, his traveling coaches they were and uh, and you know I did the US Open one tournament a year I you know like if I if I uh, I mean for me is the biggest example is the Wimbledon uh I I I lost the guy, let's say Markus Zecker. He's the guy who's commentating for, I believe, for Eurosport. He was the German guy with the big serve. I mean, if the guy was serving, you couldn't return his serve. Right now, the ball is bouncing much higher. Our balls were skidding. Probably different grass. I really don't know. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to speculate. You know, it's more fun. You know, obviously, you know, they there, there is more rallies, more interesting tennis. You know, you, in the time, you know, you had the guys and serve. You know. Can you imagine, let's say, Lendl, you know, he had to adapt the game to play and surf and volley. In his time, if he could, surf, if he could uh, stay back and, you know, hitting, I probably he would, he would win a couple of Wimbledons, maybe even more. Yeah, that's something uh, what Agassi did, right, before they changed the grass. But, 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 you know, but it was exceptional, you know, but right now it's normal. They don't play surf and volley. Okay, so you think, in your opinion, any guys from your era would still be good? Uh, this is purely a fan's question because, as friends, we always discuss. I never, I, ne- I never compare the era. I think it would be wrong. You know, I mean, that would be. I mean, how? how what about uh, Mr. Labor? You know, like, I mean, for me, is for me is the greatest one. You know, because he's the only only player he won a, he won a Grand Slam two times, and also Mr. Tilden. I mean, but you cannot compare them. You know, they played the different equipment, different balls, slower. I mean. It's, uh, it's, uh, and right now, you know, the guys are very, so I don't want to compare them. Each era has their own champions and, you know, and, and all of the champions from the past respecting the champions, you know, the, the are now and the future champions. And I think it's the ones that they are co- uh, competing right now, they are respecting the champions from the past as well. So it's, I think it's a mutual respect, you know, from all of us, from all of us. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, you're also one of the few top players, like you already mentioned in the beginning. You won the Australian Open in 96 with Stefan Edberg. And a lot of top players, you know, since I've been following, it's been a, a diminishing art. Top players don't play doubles. What has changed? Is just the singles too demanding or some people uh, just like doubles as practice? What has changed in your view over the last 15, 20 years in tennis? Why we don't see many top players in doubles? The tennis has become more demanding. You know, if you look, if you will let's say check the draws and you know you will go through the draws in the past you would see you know the competition is getting stronger in these days you know you don't have those 
matches one and one, two and one in the first two, three rounds. You know, it's really you have to fight from the from the day one. And I and I'm big believe I, I believe you know when you play Grand Slam, Grand Slam you need to concentrate for your singles if you wanna do well. I meaning do well to win the win the Slam because you know you need to have you need to play the uh, the day and next day you need to have it off recover uh, because you know that's a it's a very tough two weeks of of your life. Okay. So, yeah, since we talked about the Australian Open and uh, tonight there's a big match. So, as a former player, and I'm sure you watched a lot of tennis, how do you see the Federer-Wawrinka match going tonight? Um, I believe it's a 70 to 30. It's a, it's Federer because of the, of the, of the speed and the, sk- the, court, the way the court is skidding. And I believe he can take more advantage than Wawrinka. Because Wawrinka, he's—I mean, obviously he has a lot of power. He's hitting hard, but he—he he is standing way, be, uh, way behind the, the the baseline. So that means if the ball will be skidding and come, and it's let's say I call that it will make the court much bigger. So he's gonna need to cover more balls into the side. So that's why I, I believe it will be it will uh, I my my favorite is for it's uh, it's Federer. But I said. Four or five days ago, I mean, when Mari lost, I believe, and I'm, I'm believe that uh, that uh, we we I would love to see uh, maybe for the last time final of Nadal and Federer, and I think it's what would everyone would hope so, you know. And I believe the tennis community and tennis fans would be delighted to see these two big true champions to to fight for the for the Melbourne Mer- Melbourne crown again. Yeah, even I think Andy Roddick is in Melbourne and he said this could be one of the most important matches of all time because if Federer wins, he gets number 18 and he really puts himself out of reach for Djokovic and Nadal. And if Nadal wins, he's back in the conversation. So you're right, yeah, this is... I mean, everybody's speculating, I mean, 18, 16. I mean, (laughs) you know, the the thing is, you know, uh, right now, you know, there there is longevity, you know, players, they can stay in the game much longer, you know, before 28 to 30 you were retiring right now you can look at how Roger is is playing but it's nice to see Roger you know doing so well because he's a, one of the greatest ambassador for for our sport and plus like i said i am i love his game i love people coming in and you know to to bring some uh, something different to the game you know and you know people they that's what the people they love yeah okay so how, how do you see the next generation uh, coming up? Who stands out? I know people talk about Zverev and Kyrgios and a bunch of other Americans. Uh, who stands out for you of the the young ones? Uh, I I like I like Kyrgios. I like Zverev. I love Zverev. I mean, I like Kyrgios. I think he's uh, he has a great uh, great game, you know, and a great potential to be big threat on the big tournaments, you know, on the big tournaments. And I mean, he's getting beat up by by media quite a lot uh, because you know, uh, you know. I remember like a McEnroe acting. I remember Connors acting. I think if they would have an era of Twitter, I Thank don't you. know uh, what would what would happen. You know, I don't. You know, I seen them. You know, and I know the kid is makes mistake, but he's paying heavy price. And, um, you know, hopefully he's going to learn out of it and, um, you know, became the champion what, uh, 
Aussie tennis needs. You know, obviously, you know, uh, the, the 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 country with the, such a uh, such a big tradition, they waiting, you know, for someone finally to win Australian Open because I believe the last Aussie winner was Mark Edmondson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 1976, yeah. See, I, and I believe Cashy didn't win, and uh, Hewitt he could, uh, and Rafter they they never they came did close. Well. Yeah. They never did well. So you know, it's I think this kid has a chance, and I believe, and I. When I saw the fast score, I thought, hey, if he's going to be fit enough physically, you know, he can do really well because that suits his game, you know, quick points. And But, uh, but uh, you know, it's uh, because he was inactive for a long time, it's uh, probably, you know, his body couldn't hold up, you know. I'm so glad you said that because I'm of the same view. We had a Nick Kyrgios uh, podcast with me and my host and we went back and forth. And I said the same thing, the era we live in, uh, it's very different than people in the past because now these young guys are under so much pressure. Every move is I mean, documented. You have, a, you have a, I mean, you have a microphone everywhere. And like I said, you know, I'm not here to judge, you know, how people behave because that's I'm leaving up to the media. But I'd say, you know, sometimes they have to give him slack a little bit because, you know, the times, you know, you've seen some on YouTube, you know, uh, Johnny Mac, you know, going completely bananas and swearing. And I played against him, so I know what the words he was using and some other players. And so, you know, we, you know, you know, it's different. So I, I hope so this kid can get out of it because him and Zverev, you know, they could, they could be the new, new next generation. So another thing that you just mentioned about Johnny Mac and the players doing commentary, uh, I want to... See, because you were a former player, and now what is the relation between when someone retired is doing commentary and someone is like Kyrgios? Because this happens, I think, for every generation. What's the disconnect? Because the players always say, this guy used to play, he should think more along our lines. And the guy who's in the booth, he's saying anything he wants, and he sometimes is being very uh, critical of the player who's playing. So how, how does that go in your, you know, in the professional tennis player's life? I don't. I, I, I don't know. I never pay attention to you know what I mean. I think they have a. Obviously, media has a lot of power, and it can change. Of uh, media can change the view on a player quite a bit, you know, in a good way and also in in a bad way. But uh, you know, it's uh, you know, obviously, uh, Nick probably is not helping with his activities and his with his comments, but you know. But, you know, this is something where uh, to getting banned and you're getting banned once. But, you know, I don't know. You know, it's just it's kind of for me too hard to comment it because I don't I don't live, there, you know, from day to day. So, you know, what I see and uh, and uh, I can I can just from what, what I read. But I, like I said, you know, I would love, you know, for him, you know, to succeed and, you know, to give him more, not more freedom to be like insulting, but more free. Happen happens, you know. It's there is another tournament, and I I don't think so. You know, he he wants to do this one because he wants to win. You know, that's uh, you can see that obviously. You know, when once you are stepping on the court, you're not showing up there. You know, just you know what are gonna. I mean, you're showing up there to win. No, that's that's a valid point. Uh, we should preserve. I think tennis. Every body every every person have a different way of expressing themselves, and you know, everyone is different. So that's why you know you cannot have a seven. 
seven or I don't know how many billions of people are, you know, behaving the same, same way. You know, it's, you know, everyone is different. That's why, you know, it's a, I believe it's very, um, unique as a, as a coach, as a coach, I would, I would love to have a, like a guy of the, like a guy of the Kyrgios, let's say, because it's a fun to work. You know, you have a, so many variety, you know, and if you improve something, you know, then it's very, it's quickly visible, you know, to, to the other people. Okay, so talking about coaches, uh, t- this day a lot of people have like the top players have two or three coaches, and I also see sometimes uh, people share a coach. Like Ernest Gulbis was sharing a coach with uh, Dominic Thiem, and latest is Jerry Wesley is also working with Gunther Bresnik along with Dominic Thiem. Is this something common that used to happen even then? People share coaches. Yeah, you know, before you know there were players they were sharing coaches because they were the uh, you know there was not much money you know and uh, and uh, and uh, you know so for financial purposes but uh, in these days you know it's uh, everyone has their own coach because you know if you want to if you need to have a te- whole team working you know I, when i was playing you know i had a condition coach traveling with me and 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 my coach now it's you know you have a big team you have a condition coach physio uh, dietitian or whatever, I mean, you name it, you know. Another question that's very popular these days in fans is the super coaches. So I'm sure you also know Marian Vaida, who's been working with Djokovic. And then Boris Becker comes and gets him, you know, all this amazing success, six grand slams. So what is the role of a head coach, you think, in this scenario? Because to me, Marian Vaida was there before Becker came and Djokovic results were still pretty good. So... Does a super coach in this case, even Lendl or with Murray, does a super coach sometimes get more credit than the guy who's working day in, day out, like uh, Jamie Delgado and the Marian Vaidas? Uh, to be honest, when I started working with Stepanek 14 years ago, I was getting so much bad publicity. They told me I'm the coach on the phone and blah, blah, blah. You know, I think it's if you guys like the guys in the top 10, it's, it's good to have a former, former player in what I call in their box, because, you know, you, you can, you can explain him a situation. There is not many people can tell you, Hey, it's a four all in the fifth set. Fifth set. There is a 20, 15,000 screaming people. You can explain how you, how the player would feel, you know, how you could, you could react, you know, and you could go through those emotions because, you know, in tennis, it's, you have a split second, you know, to make the right decision because it's a, what I call live or die. And um, the guys, they can come up, uh, you know, like if it's Boris or or Ivan, you know, they've been there. They know how, you know, and uh, plus they know how to prepare, how to react, you know, when it's the tough. So it's they can bring some a uh, lot of a uh, lot of good stuff. And and then I believe, you know, in uh, in ten years time, and it will be maybe normal. Then you know the era of uh, the Djokovic and Mari, and you know they will come and help, you know, the other. New, new generation again, you know, because they will pass those information and that wisdom, you know, from the game. All right. So I can wrap this up because a lot of people, you know, like me who are doing this and also listening also play tennis. So what is an advice uh, a champion like you can give people like us who are like barely 3.5 UST or maybe 4.0 UST tennis players? I give you, I give you the, that, that uh, what my dad told me the day I step on the court. Hit over the court, uh, over the net into the island one more time than your opponent, you'll be okay. <laughs> because that's very, I mean, you know, it's like really tennis, you have, it's simple. You know, forget the technique, forget, you know, uh, everything. 
if you hit one more time into the island over the net, I'm sorry, over the net into the island, then your opponent, what's going to happen? You're going to win. So it's very, it's, it's kind of, it's like I said, it sounds very simple. It's not, but that was my, my dad told me it's, uh, since I was a little kid and, um, you know, and it's, it was working before, it's working now, and it will work in the future. Noted. I jotted the sound with a pen. Thank you very much. All right, thanks for taking time to uh, speak with us. It's a, it's a, it was pleasure. I never done that before, and uh, you know, it was uh, was fun. And um, hopefully, someone you know, someone can learn from something, or someone can uh, recognize the story. So you know, it's a, it's a it's a very nice game, and it was very. It was. I had a pleasant, pleasant time, you know, to share some of my, my past wisdom and uh, my ideas. Thank you. I'm sure the pleasure is all ours and the audience and everybody will be glad. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Peter Koda. I hope everyone enjoyed the chat. And uh, yeah, let's get ready for the Australian Open semifinal. Nadal Dimitrov coming up. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.